again and welcome to a new episode of Keeping Them Safe. My name is Sharon Doty, and as you all know by now, my commitment in this conversation is to really create a world of adults who are looking out for those behavioral characteristics in other adults that indicate they might be a risk of harm to our children. I know this is a somewhat radical view for many of you. We have spent over almost 50 years, actually, teaching adults that where our focus should be is on recognizing children who've already been abused, on dealing with disclosures, and on reporting, all of which are valid and valuable tools for every adult to have. But I want to talk today about what it looks like to reimagine prevention in the way we've been presenting it to you in the Keeping Him Safe podcast since the beginning. And I'm going to go look from the perspective of Dr. Jerry Milner, who was until recently the Associate Director of the Children's Bureau and Acting Commissioner of the United States Government's Administration for Children, Youth, and Families. Dr. Milner proposed a whole new radical view of child welfare. He's actually looking at it from the perspective of primary prevention as the core of our efforts. Now, primary prevention is that effort that prevents it from ever happening to begin with. We call that effort to prevent it from happening again, tertiary prevention. Dr. Milner is looking from the perspective we've brought forth in keeping them safe. In a video conversation online, Dr. Milner speaks about what a radically transformed child welfare system would look like. In that video, he clearly identifies the challenges that face the current system and the need for primary prevention as a focus. He also articulates the barriers to that happening in the current climate and the existing structure for protecting children. Structures that currently exist and are embedded in the system are very difficult to revise. Embedded and people are comfortable with the system and the way that it works. However, he talks about, as we do on keeping them safe, what it takes to promote primary prevention as the key to a future free from child sexual abuse. So I'm gonna talk about a couple of the key points that Dr. Milner refers to. Among those are that no one recommends that we buy more seatbelts to prevent accidents, and no one gathered more wheelchairs and iron lungs to prevent polio. And But that's what we're doing with child abuse. When faced with difficult social, public health issues, usually we look for ways to stop them before they happen. Therefore, we have laws that require seatbelts in cars, um, special seats for children, depending on their age and height, and all kinds of other safety measures on cars to prevent 
accidents. Now we have cars that stop automatically when they get too close to another car. We have my car beeps when I back up if I start getting too close to something that I might hit. We also vaccinate children all over the world to prevent polio from infecting anyone. And nobody is suggesting that we should have our sights on more effective ways to deal with the consequences in order to prevent these situations. However, that is exactly what we're doing where child maltreatment is concerned. We promote and seek funding for more foster homes rather than investing in broad-based prevention efforts with a goal towards stopping that abuse before it happens. This is a key point that Dr. Milner revisits many times in his presentation and one that you have heard from me repeatedly in virtually every episode of Keeping Them Safe. See, one of the problems is that when primary prevention is recommended, everybody smiles and nods and seems to be on board with the plan. However, that enthusiasm fades dramatically when that same group of people is confronted with what it actually takes to accomplish primary prevention. Dr. Milner likened the response of people already in the system and working in the system to that of his four dogs, who, even though they're all asleep on the floor around him, are at once awake and enthusiastic and excited if he just says the word walk. The excitement lasts until the leashes are on and they go out the front door and are suddenly confronted with a hundred degree weather and humidity. Then they promptly sit themselves down and refuse to go any further. You see, there, right there in that moment when they're confronted with a hundred degree weather, humidity, the unpleasantness of the outside environment, and the challenge it presents, they just want to return to the comfort of their air-conditioned home. And Dr. Milner reminds us that child welfare systems do the same thing. They know that primary prevention is the answer, but the demand for foster care keeps growing. There are limited resources. Someone has to lose something for the refocus to be implemented. So back into the comfort of doing it the way it's always been done, we go. That's been really evident in uh, my home state of Oklahoma a few years ago, several years ago now. Our conference, our annual conference focused on primary prevention and starting our efforts to identify potential predators at the beginning, at sort of at the beginning of the river, you know, at the mouth of the river. And yet, nothing has altered. The room was filled with people who currently work in the system. The room was filled with people who have decision-making power in the system. And they all, in a discussion afterwards, were clear that this is the direction prevention must go if we're going to eliminate child sexual abuse from the planet. But you see, 
They weren't willing to give up the comfort of the way things are. So they just kept building new programs to deal with little pieces of it or come at it from a different perspective to fix it faster, not to eliminate it. But most of the programs we have now are designed to fix it faster. Primary prevention prevents the initial event from ever happening. And the way the system is designed now, and, you know, we've been pointing this out. I've been pointing this out for over 20 years. The system is designed to prevent a reoccurrence of the abuse after it's first discovered. Concentrating on primary prevention requires bold action and a total reimagination of the child welfare system and how we in this country go about working to prevent child maltreatment of all kinds, including child sexual abuse. Dr. Milner's presentation on this subject was in December of 2018, and, and I'm pretty sure you can find it online if you want to. It's Jerry with a J, Milner, M-I-L-N-E-R. His voice at that time was the voice of the U.S. government agency that's responsible for dealing with this issue. And he lent himself to the message we've been promoting for over 20 years. You know, sometimes it's difficult to see that anything is making a difference. However, there is something happening in the professional community that is opening a door to what we're doing as the future of prevention in all our systems. It takes perseverance and it takes all of us. And that's primarily why I created this podcast. I know the professional community is challenged by what it will take to reinvent themselves. The radical reconstitution of everything they do will be required to turn this focus to primary prevention. That's almost impossible to accomplish. At the same time, you're required to take care of enormous numbers of kids who are at risk and already in the system or coming into the system. So the people currently working in the system not only don't have the incentive to reinvent everything, but they don't have the time, the wherewithal, or the energy to do that. It's going to require adults in the environment taking responsibility for discovering what it looks like to identify and interrupt and intervene in situations where children are at risk of harm because of behavioral characteristics of the adults around them. And again, whether those adults are predators or not is not the issue. It is the behaviors they exhibit that either are a part of a grooming process or in the alternative, their efforts or their actions condition the environment to accept those behaviors. And in that process, they open the door to a potential predator. Taking the time 
to identify, discover, and become proficient at recognizing the potentially risky adult behaviors that it, adults exhibit that are an indicator that they are either placing children at risk of harm intentionally or unintentionally is our job. It's our responsibility. The system that exists can't do it. And it has no incentive to do it, no matter how dedicated those in the system are to protecting children from harm. And they are. We're talking about good people committed to creating an environment where children are not at risk ever. And what we know, as Dr. Milner points out also, is that primary prevention, identifying the behavioral characteristics, the environment, the all kinds of risks that are there in our world that make it possible for predators to engage with children, to trap children, and to prey on them, identifying those and bringing those to a close, interrupting those, intervening in those situations is something you and I can do on a daily basis. We can do it at the park. We can do it at community events. We can do it in school um, activities where we see risky environments, risky situations. We can draw attention to things that we can put in place in our world that will create an environment that is much safer for our children. And that's the purpose of the Keeping Them Safe podcast. You know, if you listen to the last episode we had, there was a conversation, a very critical and very important conversation about dealing with children, young children, who are exhibiting inappropriate sexual behavior. Okay, that's another thing we have to look at. That's another thing we have to be responsible for as adults in observing our environment, observing our children, observing the children that come into our lives through our children, through our families, and through the events that we are engaged in. That's a piece of the puzzle for sure. But again, that puts our eyes on children. And that's important. As I said, it's not insignificant to have our eyes on children, what they're dealing with, what risks they're facing, and the potential harm they might be experiencing. But we as adults have to start looking at the other adults who are engaging with our children. Everywhere in the environment, there are other adults who are part of our children's lives. Observing them, noticing things that leave us uncomfortable, noticing things that indicate that that person or that environment they're creating is a potential risk of harm to children, is going to be our key to eliminating child sexual abuse from the planet. I know that's a lofty goal, right? I understand that. It's And I could be considered a Don Quixote kind of character who's tilting at windmills. But I do believe that in our own environments, we can create that world 
and we can protect the children that come into our sphere. And once we all begin to do that, then we have the potential to create a world where children are not at risk of harm. Keeping them safe is about that. Keeping them safe. Both the children that we engage with, the young people that are part of our lives, and the unthinking or thoughtless adults in our environment who really don't have any responsibility for or ability to see that the things they're doing, the ways they're engaging with children are placing them and the children at risk of harm. Primary prevention begins there. And as Dr. Milner pointed out, it is critical if we are going to eliminate child abuse from our society, it is absolutely critical that we identify and put a stop to the risky behaviors that indicate that someone is a risk of harm to children or is creating an environment where a predator has easy access to our kids. Thank you for being with me today. I hope that this is a reminder of what it takes to reinforce that message and for us to keep practicing creating those environments where there is no risk to our children at all. Keeping them safe is committed to that world and committed to empowering you to be the one that brings it into existence. Thank you for joining me today. Invite others, please, to join us. And if you have questions or comments, you can reach me at swdkeepingthemsafe at gmail.com or you can call me at 918-625-6079. I'd love to hear from you about how you are looking in your life now in ways that you haven't looked before, or even what are you challenged by? Where are you running up against a wall that you can't get past? Or where are you struggling to bring this world into existence. Thanks again. And remember, we are together keeping them safe.